a pleasant, tuneful voice, and it's probable that he initially acquired his love of music from the mother he idolised. But there was another reason. In addition to the piano, there was a large musical machine known as an orchestrion. It had an unusually large repertoire, including works by Rossini, Donizetti, Bellini and Mozart. Excerpts from Mozart's Don Giovanni held the boy enthralled for hours. As years later, he was to say, It was entirely because of the great Mozart that I finally decided to devote my life to music. When he was four years old, his father engaged a governess, Fanny Durbach, to teach his older brother Nikolai and his cousin Lydia, who lived with them. Peter begged to be allowed to join them at their lessons. By the time he was six, he could read fluently in French and German. He soon became Fanny Durbach's favourite pupil, although she was disturbed by his utter absorption in music, for she was not musical herself. The boy would spend long hours at the piano, his tiny fingers unable to span an octave. This love of music almost became compulsive. One evening, after a party at which music had been played, Fanny entered his room to find him sitting up in bed. He appeared feverish and was crying. Oh, this music! This music! Take it away! She tried to quieten him, but he went on, pointing to his head. It's here! Here in my head! And it won't let me rest! In the days that followed this outburst, she could do nothing to curb his devotion to music. Immediately lessons were over, he would run from the classroom, then would come the sound of the piano. As she said later, When left to his own devices, he preferred music and poetry to any other pastime. In 1848, when he was eight years old, his father resigned from government service and Fanny Durbach left to become a governess elsewhere. By the end of the year, the family had moved to St. Petersburg. This meant that the young Peter Ilyich, already showing that he could be easily upset, he would cry without apparent cause, received a further setback following the loss of his beloved Fanny Durbach. He was sent to boarding school with Nikolai. He was quite unsuited to the robust life and soon contracted an illness indicative of neurasthenia. The doctor ordered him six months' complete rest. During this time, the Tchaikovskys moved once more. Ilya became manager of a privately owned company and the family took up residence in the province of Perm on the Siberian border. Only Nikolai was left in St. Petersburg and the nine-year-old Peter was even more miserable without the company of his elder brother. As well as music, he immersed himself in the classics, writing poetry. This experience was to stand him in good stead in later years, for he was to write some of the librettos of his operas. Early in the October of 1850, he was entered for a preparatory course of the School of Jurisprudence in St. Petersburg. Inevitably, his mother had to leave him there to return home. His anguished pleas for her to stay quickly reached hysteria. As his mother's carriage began to move away, he ran after it, desperately clinging to one of the turning wheels. Later, he claimed that experience was the worst of his life. By the time he was twelve, he was well on with his studies, 
and would soon enter the school of jurisprudence proper. That summer of 1852 was a happy one. The family was reunited and with their friends would have many musical evenings. One of the summer visitors was an aunt who played the whole score of Don Giovanni with the young Peter Illich. This, if indeed it was necessary, made his devotion to Mozart even more intense. That winter, his mother took him to see a performance of Glinka's A Life for the Tsar. The boy sat through the performance completely enraptured. His devotion to his mother made her sudden death in 1854 a shattering experience. Just after his 14th birthday, she contracted cholera, the dread disease of Russia. She rallied for a while, then died after the final desperate treatment had been tried, immersion in hot water. Realizing that he would never see his beloved mother again, Peter Ilyich sought to lose himself in music. Although still studying law, he was turning more and more to his musical studies. His free time was taken up with attending operas and concerts, composing and playing. When he was 15, the Crimean War began. During the course of this useless struggle, Tsar Nicholas died, to be succeeded by his son, Alexander II. He was to prove more liberal and more responsive to the arts, and was the Tsar under whom Peter Ilyich was to work and reach full maturity. When he was 19, Tchaikovsky graduated from the School of Jurisprudence and joined the Ministry of Justice, becoming a most inefficient civil servant. He developed into a man about town, and as he was an excellent amateur pianist, was much in demand at private dances, playing the waltzes and polkas of the time. During this period, he developed friendships, and occasionally more than friendships, with some of his dilettante male friends. Homosexuality, in some degree or other, was current in Russia amongst the upper classes at this time. Peter Ilyich, it seems, was drawn into its web, and much of the tragedy and confusion of his later years may well have stemmed from this period of his life. in girls, and when told that two ladies were both in love with him, replied, This story flatters my vanity. But he did nothing about returning their feelings. He was too involved with his beloved music. In 1861, it was hinted that the Russian Musical Society was about to open a school of music. The thought of joining it proved irresistible to the young Peter Ilyich. The school was founded and later became known as the St. Petersburg Conservatory. Its first principal was Anton Rubinstein, a pianist of international fame and the composer of several works. Under his expert supervision, the school prospered, helped by teachers of skill and renown, 
and one of the first pupils to matriculate was Peter Ilyich. Within two days, he was writing, Sooner or later, I shall abandon my present job for music. Whether I become a famous composer or only a struggling teacher doesn't matter. My conscience will be at rest, and I shall no longer have the unhappy right to grumble at my lot. Of course, I shan't resign from my present job until I'm certain that I'm no longer a clerk, but a musician. Life at the school changed his appearance entirely. His former elegant dilettante appearance was replaced by that of a casually, almost grubbly dressed student. Every day when his work at the ministry was done, he would hurry to the school for classes or for private study. There was so much to learn. Theory of composition, orchestration, instrumentation, piano playing and technique. And he was older than most of the other students. Had he left it too late? Because of this preoccupation, his friends began to drop away. He was now virtually alone. And then he took the ultimate step. He resigned from the Ministry of Justice. From that moment on, music was to be his whole life. As Modesta, his favorite brother, was to write, In a small room, holding only a bed and a writing table, he set out bravely on his new laborious life. And there he spent many nights in arduous work. He was now 23 years old. His main tutors at the school were Anton Rubinstein and Nicolai Zoremba. They had differing styles, but both were devoted to the musicians of the past, Mendelssohn, Schumann and Beethoven. Any experience with combinations of instruments or the introduction of a new tonal colour were anathema to them. They also abhorred the use of a large orchestra. In consequence, Tchaikovsky, who went in awe of...